Hello, lovelies, and welcome to another edition of LGBT in the Ring, your rainbow bastion for all things pro wrestling. I am your host, Brian Bell, here with you once again on the Outsports Podcast Network. Uh, we have a fun show in store for you today. We have a returning guest back on the show, Spice Spiegel, formerly uh, Aloha Tay or Tay, um, or uh, whatever name you might know her as, but one thing that you do know her for is Black Girl Magic. Yes, she is the mind behind Black Girl Magic, the event that showcases black female pro wrestlers on a, the stage that they deserve. And Black Girl Magic is coming back on August 19th for its second show um, after last year's successful event. Uh, and it's going to Brooklyn this time around. Um, it, it, the card is already starting to roll out a little bit. It's a really stacked show. The first show last year was really fun um, and really highlighted a lot of people that deserve to have that spotlight. And the same can be said about this year's show as well. Spice is here talking all things uh, Black Girl Magic 2, as well as kind of looking back at that first event, some lessons that she learned um, from jumping into the promoter world before even finishing wrestling training. Um, you know, we also talk a little bit about her getting back into training, switching schools, and, um, you know, getting into the ring a bit more. Uh, and yeah, it's just a really great conversation. Um, I really enjoyed having Spice back on the show, uh, and I, I'm sure this will not be the last time that she appears on the show either. But yeah, Black Girl Magic 2 is shaping up to be a really awesome show, and of course, we like to talk about awesome shows on this show, so it only made sense. Speaking of awesome shows, we've been uh, doing a lot of announcements for Cascadia this week. Obviously, we previously announced our, like, two major matches so far, uh, Sandra Moon and Maxine Paler for the Prize Style Championship, and Kita against Ashton Starr for the Without a Cause Championship. Both of those matches are going to go down September 11th in Everett, Washington at Cascadia, um, but we've announced some more talents this week. You know, Anton Voorhees, Abigail Warren, and Jody are all coming to Cascadia. Uh, who knows what that mixture of, of personalities will bring, <laughs> but they're all coming, and we're all gathering there to, to put on an awesome show. We have more talent announcements coming for the rest of the week. Uh, there might even be a match announcement mixed in there as well. Who knows? But yeah, we're, we're ramping that up still, um, and I am still just as stoked as before. Um, yeah, it's going to be a blast, and we're just inching closer and closer. It feels like, you know, I'm a, I'm a few weeks away from my wedding, and I feel like that is kind of like the halfway point between when we announce the show and when the show is going to happen. Uh, that kind of it feels like a de facto halfway point for me, so it's just getting closer and closer, and I, I am just so excited to finally be able to bring this show uh, to uh, to life and, and to fulfillment in that way. Um, so keep your eyes on the socials for Without a Cause, Prize Style Pro, and LGBT in the Ring for those announcements as they continue to come. Tickets, of course, uh, available at brainbustertix.com slash Cascadia. Remember, all profits from this show are being donated to the Trevor Project. This show 
is an explicitly charitable show. Um, and that's the only way that I would want to have it done. So, yeah. It, uh, I cannot tell you how excited I am. To that end, as well, um, sponsorships are available. Hit us up. We've got a, a few awesome sponsors that have already uh, signed on. Of course, Action Wrestling and uh, Chaotic Persona have, have signed up uh, as sponsors for the show. It's awesome to see. So if you're interested, hit us up. We've got flexibility. We've got different tiers. All that good. All the stuff you would expect from a sponsorship package. Um, it's interesting being on the other side of that as well. Uh, that being said, I'll end that spiel for now. Well, it, it's there. Go check that stuff out. Um, and while you're on Brain, Bu- um, Brain Buster, go to uh, BrainBusterTees.com and check out the LGBT in the Ring store. We still got stuff up there. Um, we got more designs coming um, in the near future. Crossing fingers. Um, we'll see how that mixes with wedding planning. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, it's been a it's been a week in pro wrestling. I would say. Um, I don't know if I really feel up to talking about the entire Vincent Mann situation right now, just because um, I'm, if you can't tell from a bit of the hoarseness in my voice, I'm not necessarily feeling the best right now. I'm feeling a little under the weather. Um, so I don't have a, t- a lot of energy right now, but what I can say um, is that uh, Vincent Mann has resigned from the WWE, or from WWE, and the way things are shaking out with the uh, SEC filings and the SEC investigations, it really looks like there's no chance of him coming back. And all I can say is that uh, it is long overdue. Not just from like the creative being stale or whatever, or like the common complaints you have about the the on-screen presentation, which you know, there are a lot, um, or about some of the the business dealings that that WWE has made uh, underneath uh, McMahon's leadership, which there are a lot, but just in terms of Vince McMahon, the human being. Um, you know the the details about the NDAs and the hush money payments that have come out in the last month plus uh, really aren't shocking fully. You know I've said on past episodes of the show that all this really points to is a pattern of behavior that um, if you paid attention to Vincent Man, you would have seen that pattern. And, you know, while the the details and the way that all of this was kind of brought out to a public eye can deliver a bit of a shock, um, when looking at Vince himself, like, this just, it feeds into a pattern that we have known for decades at this point. Um, or at least have felt for decades at this point. You know, so, um, honestly, this is the best, one of the better ways that this could have played out for basically everyone. Um, I don't know if that's really where I feel comfortable landing in terms of like a best situation. There really is no best, honestly. I I roll that back immediately. Um, 
because there are a lot of people who were hurt in the situation and who have been forced to remain silent about whatever they experienced in, in these situations that have not had a voice. And whenever you don't have a voice in these in, in, in any um, uh, ability to share your experience and share your side of these things publicly, it, it robs you of something. And there's no best situation for anything whenever someone is being robbed of their power. And that's exactly what this whole situation really feels like. So, um, in a way, Visit Man basically resigning from the company, no matter how he wants to spin it, or how, how WWE wants to spin it, saying that he retired or having Stephanie lead a thank you Vince chant on SmackDown Friday night. Um, Visit Man had his power taken away, or at least a, some level of his power taken away in this situation. Um, and, you know, for all of his ability to shake off controversy throughout the 40 years that he ran that company, no one is immortal. Not even Vince McMahon. And let me tell you, mortality, whenever you have that mindset of being untouchable, is something that is a devil to reckon with. So, um, yeah. You know, whatever media reports come out later, and obviously there are, there's a lot of talk about another Wall Street Journal article, potentially, uh, HBO Real Sports, potentially. You know, no matter where this story goes, um, we've already seen the the power of of not just the press but these these women um even whenever they weren't able to speak out about what happened to them um prior to all of this being uncovered these women are getting some of their voice restored to them by having this all come out and having this man being seen for um the person that he is in that way allegedly so um i'm going to leave it there for now i'm sure that we will as i said previously i'm sure we will continue to be talking about this um for at least the coming weeks maybe months i don't know i mean there's there's definitely more to this and it will remain on the the tip of the wrestling world's tongues for a while I'm, I'm, I have no doubt about that. No doubt. Uh, that being said, though, let's jump into my conversation with Spice Spiegel. What's up, guys, gals, and non-binary pals? Welcome back to LGBT in the Ring. And I am very, very pleased to have returning to the show. Of course, last time she was here, we, we knew her as Tay. And this time around, though, we know her as the... Uh, unofficial uh wrestling spokesperson for dr pepper who should definitely be sponsored by dr pepper at this point and also the mind behind black girl magic which returns for its second show on august 19th in brooklyn new york please welcome back spice spiegel to the show how are you doing spice hi i'm i'm doing swell um (laughs) 
Yeah, I'm doing swell. It's unfortunately raining, but other than that, it's great. Oh, well, it's it's funny. It's like on the opposite side of the country where it's supposed to be raining, it's like 100 something degrees today. So <laughs> then we switched because that's how it was yesterday. We just uh, well, I guess I don't know. I, I guess depending on your viewpoint, like you got the good part of the switch because this is the reason why I left Georgia. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean, I, I did not like yesterday. Yesterday could have been a little bit cooler, but you know, hey. Yeah, exactly. Well, speaking of something that is definitely cooler, Black Girl Magic 2 is coming on uh, August 19th, as you said at the top of the show. Uh, main event announced so far, uh, Karen Bam Bam and Trisha Dora. Um, you've also got Bonesaw Brooks and Jordan Blade in a pure rules match. And the most recently announced match that really made me happy just because of the people that are involved in it, Scarlett, Anastasia Morningstar, and Ariella Nix in a triple threat. Um, card is shaping up pretty well so far. Um, oh, well, I'm curious, like, obviously this is your second show. We had the first one last year that got a lot of fanfare um, based off of the, the mission of the show. What was your approach heading into a second one this year? Um, I think this year, well, my goal this year was, um, you know, over here, I feel like everyone has been to, to Ridgefield Park and it's a, it's a wrestling home. It's a wrestling staple in the good old New Jersey area, but I really wanted to try and get this in a community that, um, that it would flourish in, if that makes any sense. Um, so being in New York, I feel like it's it's a lot, um, it have a lot more eyes on it and more people, it's, it's easily accessible. And so I'm, you know, I'm pretty, that time, this time around, I wanted to make sure that I'm, you know, also still going on with my message of like, once again, um, in wrestling sometimes, you know, women of color, and really women in general um we are all put into a box and you know if we're different than that box then it's we're not really you know uh, how you say it um we're not really like you know all that used or whatever so because you know there's five of the similar people that they use in the area so i just wanted to show that um these women, they're, they're, they're all different. Um, they're all different shapes and sizes, all different wrestling styles, and you can put them together and they'll blow the house down just like any other wrestler. Now, I do want to talk about the, like, that mission statement for the show as well, but before we get there, like, I, I, am, I was curious about the move to Brooklyn. Obviously, like, yes, the Knights of Columbus where the first show was held in, in Richville Park, like that, like you said, that has become like the wrestling building, especially for people that are not in the area that are mainly watching on IWTV. Um, I feel like the, that building has become so easily recognizable that like you just, it immediately clicks that you know where you're at. And obviously being out uh, out East for Pride and Vibe weekend, like that building, I feel like has a lot of meaning to at least the followers of Pro Wrestling Vibe and a lot of the LGBTQ audience just because of the shows that it has housed. But 
the perspective that you're coming from and it makes sense like that you want to put this show in brooklyn in the in the heart of of that area one because of the prominence of it but two because i mean ritual ritual park the area around it like it's uh, the area around the, the building it's it's great but it doesn't necessarily speak to the spirit of this show if i don't know if i'm off base with that with that determination or um if you might be able to shed a bit more light on that oh no you you said it perfectly like (laughs) i (laughs) i i can't knock that yeah um the building is so recognizable and i've been to many of shows there uh and I just wanted to try, you know, something different. And if I was going to try something different, I wanted it to be somewhere that um, it's easily accessible for people. And, um, you know, just from some of the past, like not really criticisms, but like critiques of like, what if the next time around I do it, what should be done differently? And, you know, I listened to them and I hope, you know, it, it, it works out, you know? but um not that i hope i know it will work out um its way but yeah no i the accessibility thing is also a big thing i think uh for for the show too because um you know i granted i live like three thousand miles away but every time that i go out to that area i find myself like if i'm in that part of jersey the just the um thought of trying to get into brooklyn from there and like the process of that without a car um or even with a car (laughs) still like just one of those things where like do i really want to like take like an hour and a half out of my day to get to this area because that was like when we were out for pride and vibe like i wanted to go to the the black wrestling fest that was going on in brooklyn too that weekend but like the the time commitment and and everything of like getting out there and using the public transit to get out there just it eats up so much time and that can really dissuade people from from exploring these kind of things and i i think that you the more obstacles you take away from that the the more people will be readily available to really engage with what you're putting together yeah no um yeah accessibility i think is more if you make it accessible for people people will come i don't want to try and make things harder on people um, you know, if I, if I don't have to, so I'm trying to like, you know, I want to try and, you know, at least try to appease everyone. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a good, it's a good idea when it, when it comes to getting people to, to come out to these, to these shows. Um, because I mean, honestly, these shows need to be seen. They, they like, the first one was so much fun and, um, I don't know, like it was just it was just a whole lot of fun and, and it put a lot of people on display that don't normally w- get that kind of shine, especially for the time. You know, obviously, we've seen people that were on that show that have definitely like had a high profile going into it. People like Trisha Dora, people like Jazz, people like Willa Nightingale and Brooke Valentine, who are all in, in your main event. But we also saw people that have had their profile grow exponentially since that first show was uh was held you know people like jordan blade people like janai kai people like um 
oh, the name just ran out of my brain, Maserati. You know, we've seen a lot of a lot of people that were on that show, Bonesaw Brooks. We've seen a lot of people that were on that first show really start to branch out into like new areas of the country or into into newer promotions and be able to really get a foothold from that. What is was that part of the the goal for this show for you is to not only like showcase the wide array of uh, black female talent, but also to give them a platform so that other people will see them and notice what you're what you're trying to show them. Wow, like, wow. Like in all honesty, I never really like thought of it in that way. Um, and if that is how this happened, that's that's so cool. But yeah, I just went into like a, a cool, like just like a, a space where everyone can have, you know, fun and see something like we've all seen wrestling, you know, it's it's kind of the same thing to people, for people, whatever, go against each other. But um, yeah, to like, well, I just never really thought of it in that way. But if that's what's happening, that's, that's really rad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we just saw Willow on the Ring of Honor pay-per-view, you know, yeah. like... Yeah, um, and I don't take any, that's not my credit, but like she's a, they're all hardworking beings. So to see them like, you know, all flourish because they're all good workers, um, they deserve it, you know? Like, I feel like hard work definitely sh should and does pay off. And they're all hardworking. They all have great gimmicks, um, a lot of different gimmicks and, you know, it's great to now kind of see another thing was because women in wrestling, they always go for that standardized look. I love now that in wrestling, we have so many different like body types of women, so many different styles, like, and yeah, that's just what I kind of wanted to contribute to because that's what I wanted. I didn't really get to have that that much when I was little. No, I mean, I think that that goal is definitely being met by by what you're putting together, because like I, I've also noticed that change that we've seen in terms of like the acceptance of differing body types and, and differing presentations and that sort of thing. And obviously we see that a lot in the like the the queer world of pro wrestling that that I focus a lot on in my work, but it's really starting to become across the board in, in a way. Uh, one of those moments from the first show that really made me happy and, and made me think about that really was the opening of uh, Karen Bam Bam, uh, Latasha, and Jocelyn, um, where you just have three women of differing body types just feeling themselves and having fun, and then the referee gets in on it, and everybody is just like, I don't know, like there was just something about the opening of that of that match that really just brought a smile to my face to see just the level of comfort and pride in expression of, of themselves. Yeah, thank you. Um, that kudos to them because they that was like one of my also favorite moments. Um, it's great, like, you know, working with people and seeing like, you know, you give them like this you know, you put these three people together and, and the ref, you gotta love Nisha, the twerking ref. Um, <laughs> you put them together and I love to see like what comes out of it. Do you know what I mean? It's it's so much fun. And I'm glad that, you know, it's so cool hearing 
people um, tell me like they, they enjoy it and stuff like that. Cause I just want people to enjoy or feel something with my art of work. Well, I mean, that's, that's, I feel like that's the, the goal of pro wrestling or any role art form is to invoke an emotion in a way. So that makes total sense. Um, I, I do want to talk about coming out of that first show because like, obviously the first show ran uh, and like we said, it got a lot of fanfare. It got a lot of uh, buzz from online wrestling communities, but you also talked about critiques coming out of that show. Um, obviously, you know, the previous time you were on, you were on, we were talking about like, you know, your training in pro wrestling, but also like getting this show up and going and jumping into the promoter pool before even finishing like <laughs> your pro wrestling training and the, some of the concerns that, the, and, and feelings that you had around that once that first show wrapped and you kind of took, took the chance to kind of step away and reflect on it what from that first show did you feel like you learned from the most when it came to promoting um the thing is um never in my life did i ever think i was going to be a promoter on any way shape or form it was just kind of like an idea that i had i wanted to try the idea and see what happened and I'm glad I went through it. Um, I learned a lot about the other side of wrestling that, you know, um, everyone knows about like, you know, kind of like the wrestling side, but the promoting side, I feel like is, um, it's, it's different. It's, it's very, it's, I, I feel it's a lot harder. Um, well, I mean, they're, they're, you know, pros and cons to like both, but promoting is like, man, it's, it's a whirlwind. And I guess here I am doing it again, but um, yeah, it's, it's very hard and um, like mentally taxing. You have so many things to worry about and all that. And I'm glad that I have like a really good support system. Cause if I didn't, I don't know what I, I would be crazy like <laughs> <laughs> no i could definitely understand that you know like that it seems like there, there's so many different hats you have to wear when it comes to that that not being able to excuse me not being able to have uh people to to lean on or to be able to delegate some things here and there like it can i i imagine it could be like pretty like crushing in some instances oh, without yeah. that yeah like i um yeah like it's one of those things where like yeah after this i'm like man it's like one of those things i i love doing i i think i i do genuinely like doing it i'm i don't think i could do this like monthly the people that can do this monthly kudos to you because that's something i i don't think i have like the 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 attention span or you know to do um so to do this yearly is is really cool it's very like um i guess satisfying when it's all done and over and you can see the work and but yeah like like i said yeah kudos to the people that can do this all the time <laughs> was there any specific lesson from the first show that that you learned and like took to heart more so than any other 
Um, yes. Uh, being very, I'm, okay, I'm the type of person that, you know, I like to wear my heart on my sleeve. Um, and um, I feel like being the ty that type of person, I have to be very careful with how I work with others because other, um, you know, other people, and it's, it's not a bad thing, you know, we all have a goal somewhere and we all have like something that we want to accomplish, but, um, you know, other people may want to accomplish things differently than others. So I learned to um, work with the people that um, I can definitely trust and uh, tr like uh, you can't just, I guess, necessarily trust everyone. And I think that's a big list lesson that I learned. I mean, it's a it's a valuable one. It it can be sucky in the process of learning it, but but it's a valuable one to have. Yeah, it's a that that is. But you know, I'm glad that um, moving along, it it just teaches you how to maneuver in a, a different way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're you're growing obviously from from what happened with the first show and you have a second show coming like it seems like you're on the right track regardless so which is awesome to see especially now that you know you're back in and wrestling training as well you know you've since moved from from t2t to uh fallout 101 um down in brooklyn i i was very excited whenever you told me that you were training under masha slamovich now which is just wild to me because i <laughs> like she is just such a uh, magnetic and violent figure <laughs> in the ring. Um, what's that experience been like for you to, to kind of get back into the ring yourself and, and this new environment for you down there? Um, so I, um, I appreciate um, TTT. They were, they were great. Um, I just felt like, and this is like totally fine, people, you know, they, they thrive in different environments. And I felt like I wasn't thriving in that environment. So I made a move somewhere that I feel like I've, I've been learning a lot um, with the trainers. Um, not that I haven't learned anything. I learned a lot at T2T2 and I'm thankful for them. But, um, you know, with Fallout, it's, it's really good in the fact of I got to, you know, learn under Masha and Pena. Steve Pena, they're, they're both hard-hitting individuals, and, you know, um, uh, Santi is also, uh, Jorge Santi is a really good um, person to learn from. They've been in the um, wrestling in the area um, for a while, and same with um, Law. Um, he's just like a little lovable, colossal guy, <laughs> but they're all great, and you all learn something different from each of them, and I'm really thankful for them because I feel like I've learned a lot in such a short amount of time. And I learned a lot from over at TTT too. Um, and I just the type of person I just want to learn and about this because it's something I loved my whole life. So yeah, I, I love, um, I love, I love, and with Fallout also you have um, Joe Kim who he runs Battle Club and it's great to like learn under even them and Hokei, who um, you know, the gift god, uh, he's the one who posts all the the gifts and stuff. They're they're really great people to you know learn from, and it's great that like you know 
when I ask questions and I'm, they're very like, uh, how do you say it? Um, they're not like, you know, stingy with giving the advice, which sometimes I found not from T2T or anything, but some people, they don't really want to give you advice. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm I'm glad that the environment is is working well for you, and you feel like you were able to flourish a bit more, or, or you're more comfortable in in your space, and you're exploring these things. I love the fact that Battle Club is associated with with Fallout 101 in in a way because one, like let's face it, like Battle Club has been one of the main names in Brooklyn for pro wrestling for a number of years at this point. Joe Kim's been doing great stuff down there for a while, but also specifically in, in your case, you have Joe Kim available to talk to about this, about promoting as, as well. I, I'm curious, have you like kind of tapped that uh, route, so to speak, with, with him in the process of kind of bringing Black Magic, Black Girl Magic 2 up? Um, tap, yeah, more like I, yes, I, I bugged him with questions and he's been very helpful. <laughs> uh, I'm very appreciative of Joe Kim. Um, he's a he's a great guy. And just to learn under him and the way that he books things and learning about this side from someone that's been doing it for a while is is really it's really refreshing. No, I, no honestly that's it's a great learning tree to kind of sit under as well, just with the, the experience that that he is uh, cultivated there with battle club pro um i guess as we let's talk about black girl magic 2 like we talked about the matches that have been announced so far obviously there there are still more to come um but i'm, I'm curious to get your take on on how the card is shaping up compared to last year because you know obviously we had last year we had jazz on her retirement tour um and, and uh, a, a good mixture of, of people all around same it really seems like you are already kind of laying that out here with the card so far um how are you how are you feeling heading back into that promoter world this time around um i i um with this card i am um, i feel like the the first card was fun because it's like my first time doing it but i feel really um really really great about this card i the only thing is i wish i could if i could i wish i could book like you know every girl under the sun um unfortunately i cannot uh so but the card that i have um i i really feel like this is a great card and i think a lot of people are going to have a lot of fun with this card and yeah um i can't wait to, for everyone to uh, watch and see is there anyone specific that is on this card that wasn't on the first show that you like really wanted to make a point of, of featuring this time around? Um, yeah, there's a there's a couple of girls um, that I didn't um, I didn't. Um, so there was uh, with with Scarlet. I heard about Scarlet after I was kind of done booking the first card and someone recommended her and I watched her work and I loved it. Um, and um, unfortunately I couldn't use her for the first card, but now 
you know, things worked out and she's on this card, which is great. And there's a, there's a couple more actually, but I can't say. So. <laughs> yeah, keep it, keep it close to the vest. <laughs> yes. So no. I'm not wearing a vest. I'm wearing a, a button up. So keep it close to the button up. There we go. There we go. <laughs> No worries. I I understand. We still got match announcements to come, but Scarlet is is one that definitely stands out to me as well. Like um, most of what I've seen from her is is her work in Paradigm Pro, which has just really grown on me through like the, the UWFI matches that she's done to now like you know staking her claim for the heavy hitters tournament um, coming up uh, at at their last show at Terminal Combat Part Two. I don't know. There's this Scarlet feels like um, someone that we don't normally see in in the world of um, or in like the the way that black women have been presented in pro wrestling in a way, at least from my perspective. And, And definitely correct me if I'm wrong. And it kind of leads into that idea that you spoke about of the celebration of different presentations and different ideas of, of what uh, black women can be in pro wrestling and not being boxed into one certain thing because Scarlett is strong, is hard hitting and is a, is vicious as hell. <laughs> and I love every aspect of this. <laughs> yeah. I think, I feel like in wrestling, um, to me personally, um, that uh, when you have a big black woman, there's one like kind of like generic way that they're looked at and that way is they're a monster. And so I like, um, you know, when I find, and I love like, you know, Awesome Kong and similar people to that. But um, yeah, when you find someone that is a big of size, and it's not, they're not just a monster. They are a well-rounded, like they have a well-rounded different character. I, I appreciate that so much. And those are the type of things that I want to highlight because people, you know, start to get the idea of like, well, that is a big black woman. So therefore she must be a monster. It's not really the case. Do you feel like some of like that, some of these stereotypes and, and these like sort of, um, um like pigeonhole character archetypes that that we see in pro wrestling are are being broken more so um in in recent years oh yeah definitely i think um especially in the um black culture of wrestling and even the um lgbtq um atmosphere of wrestling i think you know that could be it's that's a a part of you but that's not all of you and it's great to finally see that that you know people aren't as one-dimensional as you know you want to put them they're all complex and they all have different aspects of them and i i really appreciate that now wrestling is starting to dwell into that more Hmm. Yeah. Anytime that I, I think about like this this topic, really, I go back to a conversation that I had with my my fiance when we were watching um, the first Black Wrestlers Matter show. Um, because you know, Mojo McQueen was on that show. Not to like take the conversation away from Black women, but uh, um, 
Mojo McQueen was on that show, and it is very much a, a character that I feel like is, you know, let's face it, a lot of black men in pro wrestling history have kind of been pigeonholed into these sort of like voodoo-esque characters in a way um mm-hmm. and and there's been a lot of like mysticism around around those characters as well and you know when i when mojo like i love mojo's work um and when i saw the character i kind of had a bit of a tinge and i'm like oh great like like i i just like that bone in me that makes me kind of like twinge at pro wrestling and the historic nature of depictions of of people that aren't white in it it just kind of made me like pull back a little bit but then my partner was like well no like this is actually really cool because this is a character that they are put like bringing on themselves if they have agency over this they have age they have they have agency over how this is depicted and how realistic it is to the actual culture. And it's not just, it's the, it's different than like Vince McMahon, not to invoke that name on this show, but whenever Vince McMahon gives Charles Wright, the Papa Shango gimmick, it's coming from a a place of a white man putting their idea of what this like voodoo priest is supposed to be onto a black man and, and making him carry it. And I don't know, there's just something about like that opened up something in my brain about like, well, yeah, especially on the independent circuit, a lot of people have a ton of agency over their their character. And I don't know, it just it made it feel like almost like a community or at least one person in a community kind of taking back ownership of this aspect that has been used to really um, negatively stereotype them for the longest time in pro wrestling no i definitely agree with you and um i think that and just wrestling in general when people can take back something that is like a negative connotation to them or something um you know it shows that like because you know you don't want people to get like the wrong idea of like oh this is how this is supposed to be when you have someone that that's something that they like genuinely like and they can portray it in a positive or you know in a way that because they understand it um it you know it's like kind of like a learning experience and that's what i i really appreciate i don't really know the word for it but uh yeah when people just kind of like you should be this because you look like that um I, yeah, I don't appreciate that very much. So yeah, it's great when I can see like people take something back that had such a negative connotation and, but like make it their own and make it not like controversial or whatever. Um, And that's what I, yeah, that's, (laughs) I I would have to agree with your fiance, but I, your sentiments are true because there are some times where I see something and I'm just like, ugh, (laughs) (laughs) like, no. Yeah, I mean it's it's pro wrestling. I feel like that's there's always going to be some instance of that. Um, go, like, but but yeah, like, it, it is a really refreshing thing to see. And I take that back to our conversation about Scarlet because, like, yes, like there is definitely a, like an a comparison there between her and people like Awesome Kong in a way. But it feels like because of 
like where Scarlet is right now, like on the independence and, and where, um, and this can also be extended to, to Anastasia as well. You know, we're seeing these women who are taking that idea of like, well, if you're a, a big black woman, like you have to be the monster or whatever. And understanding that like, no, well, this is like, I could do something really interesting with this. I could do something that is kind of like, uh, authentic to me with this um, and it really puts a different spin on that in a way like it, it takes away that idea of being or at least like fights back against that idea of being of the, of the stereotyping that we've seen and and lets people have so much more agency on it yeah like um Another thing with, um, so I don't know if you watch like Wrestling Open on, um, I, I believe it's on IWTV, but a good thing is that I really like with Anastasia Morningstar is she is sometimes put with um, Brother Greatness and they do the Church of Greatness thing where, you know, he's just like even sometimes, you know, a church needs the devil or whatever. And I really appreciate things like that because it's like a different spin. And um so yeah, like I love when you can take something like that and it's not just the same cookie cutter thing of that. You get to see different aspects of it through different people's eyes. And it's interesting because, you know, not everyone see, everyone can look at the same thing, but see something completely different. And I, I love when you get to see something like that. Yeah, I'm, I'm obviously up right there with you. Like I, 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 just, I love being able to, to see something different and to see this continued evolution of, of various characters and to see d new ways of them being implemented. Like I, I will admit, like I haven't caught every episode of wrestling open, but hearing like that, that dynamic between someone like brother greatness and, and uh, Anastasia Morningstar, <laughs> just, mm -hmm. uh, it just sounds like, Oh God, it sounds so good. It's not, I have to go back and watch episodes. Now I have to watch the ones that I've missed. Yeah. Um, because you know, brother greatness makes it's so wild. He's the like them. Their pairing is just wild. All right, Yens. Thank you so much for tuning into LGBT in the Ring. Uh, we'll get right back into the thick of things, but I do want to take a pause real quick and say thank you to some amazing people that make this show as rad as it is. Starting off with Daniel Quasar, the Progress Pride Black designed by Daniel Quasar is a product of Progress Initiative. You can find out more at quasar.digital. A big thank you to Sarah and the Safe Word for the show's theme song, Formula 666, off the album Red Hot and Holy. You can find them on Twitter at STSW Band, and you can check out their music on both Spotify and Bandcamp at sarahinthesafeword.bandcamp.com. Um, check out independentwrestling.tv for the best in current and classic independent pro wrestling, including live events from top independent promotions worldwide. Uh, you can use our promo code LGBTRingPod or visit tinyurl.com slash IWTVLGBT and peruse their entire library uh, over there at independentwrestling.tv. Once again, promo code LGBTRingPod or go to tinyurl.com slash IWTVLGBT check out that service uh, you can follow the show on twitter at lgbt ring pod you can follow me on twitter at wonderboy otm and if you're into video games definitely check out my video game news show 
the Mr. Video Game Super Show. I co-host that with uh, Twitch streamers Slacker Kite and Lady Merwin every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific over on twitch.tv slash deadsunentertainment. Uh, it's your weekly roundup of gaming news, uh, and it's always a blast. So once again, check that out every Monday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific over at twitch.tv slash deadsunentertainment. Sun like the star. We'll be right back with more LGBT in the ring. Let's talk about this main event that you've announced, though. Karen Bam Bam and Trisha Dora. Yeah. Um, oh, wait, go ahead. <laughs> oh, no, go, no, go, go ahead. I, I'm curious to get, to get any of your thoughts. So, I mean, I can speak on, like, you know, personally, and then I can speak on, like, you know, the promoter side of it. But personally, um, I feel like Trisha Dora's very important to like the black culture in wrestling um she embodies everything um and she's just great all around and i feel like karen is also so different and unique and i feel like she doesn't get to show that that um because they want her to be something that she like you know a lot of places want her to be something that she's not and so I, I made it a main event to show that like someone, you know, someone like Karen can be main eventness if you put that um, in that context, because she can go just like the rest of them. And, you know, just because they don't look a certain way or, you know, aren't fast enough in other ways, they're better in different ways. And I feel like with wrestling, you know, not everyone wants to be like a speedy technical person um we have like different you know when you play the video games you all have different you got powerhouses you got submission specialists like all this and karen is just a different entity in wrestling that i you know i personally genuinely love because i feel like it's something how would i put it um it's just something that i feel like should be shown more and um I think it's going to be like a really good matchup and it's going to be a lot of fun. And I feel like the crowd will definitely be into it. I feel like something, you know, something that Brooklyn and the world should see. No, I, I'm with you on, on all of those points. Like obviously like Trish has a a whole lot of meaning to, to a lot of people, not just because of the title that she holds, but because of the, the path that that she has carved just in the last two years really like you obviously there's she's done great stuff before that but just the it seems like the last like two two and a half years for her has really just been an explosion in popularity and and so much spotlight put on her and karen every time that i see karen she kills it every time and it's it bums me out that I don't see her as often um, as as other people that that I watch because you know I mean I I will admit like I am partial to the the House of McQueen but Karen just kills it alongside Eddie and Gabby and and uh, DM in that aspect but then Karen on her own as well like I remember a match that she had at uh, the Restival. 
last year in December that just blew me away. It was like it's there. She knows exactly what what she wants to do in a lot of instances, and she knows like who she wants to be. And it really bums me out to hear that there are still people in the pro wrestling world that are trying to like tweak that in a way that isn't authentic to her. Because whenever she is like just authentic to herself, like she she kills it. Yeah, um, I think that just goes in general with, you know, in a very similar light with um, Faye Jackson, where people would put her in a box and that's not it. Faye Jackson is Faye Jackson. Karen is Karen. Like those girls, like they, there's something that I don't think like, you know, I guess the world's then I guess was not really because you were still like oh this is what a women's wrestler looks like this is how they're supposed to act this is how they're supposed to be but um yeah no like you know they're just as entertaining like they're they you know they also garner like eyes like you know those eyes want to see more of them and I don't know why they don't um I don't know why other people don't cash in on that I guess yeah, it just it's frustrating. Because there's so much more that you could be doing with 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 people like Karen and others if you just let them flourish in the way that they can rather than like seeing them as someone that could um feed into your idea of of how they should be portrayed. Like it just feels like there should be a lot more openness. In, in that way. And that's one of the main reasons why I really like what you're doing with Black Girl Magic is because it really feels like you're just bringing in the the best um, Black women that, that you can for the show and just letting them, like, it just it, there's, it feels like there's a lot of freedom in, in what they can do. It just feels like you're just bringing them in and unleashing them to their creative whims in a way. Yeah, I feel like that's how I like to, to flourish and I like to work um, cause like, I, I'm, I'm just not a micromanager. I'm just not good at it. I got ADD. <laughs> like, <laughs> I can't micromanage everything, you know? So yeah, just bringing in, like, I think of it as like, I have an idea. And if you want to like work together with this idea, y'all can do whatever you want. Like, you know, I know you guys can go out there and kill it go out there and kill it and then they do and then i'm excited and they do things that i never even thought like wow i never even thought about that that was really cool and then that makes it even better uh but yeah i'm i just like you know i'm just really bad with structure so (laughs) i'll give you guys like you know your time limit and then y'all just do whatever you please (laughs) Hey, it's it's important to know your strengths and weaknesses. <laughs> like, like so I that is a very valuable trait to have and to be able to, to recognize that and delineate things at, along those lines. So like if your talent is like recognizing the people that that should be in those spots and bringing them in, definitely understand just kind of letting like kind of having a little bit more of a hands-off approach there. Yeah, I yeah, I never thought about it that way either. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you for the the amp up. <laughs> oh, that's hey, that, if if we don't amp each other up, who's gonna do it, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> no, like that's I don't know. I, that's one thing I I like about this show is that like I just I don't know. I'm I, I everybody that I bring on the show is like someone I'm excited to talk to because they got so many like interesting things going on in 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 their kind of wrestling worlds in a way and and like that's i i am not lying when i say i am excited that this show is coming back and the one match that excites me the most just because of my own predilections to pro wrestling um is bonesaw and jordan at this point obviously not knowing the full card but bonesaw and jordan pure rules who if you were i honestly like if are there any two women that would be better fit for for this match right now? I'm maybe maybe Trish just because of how like technically sound she is, but she's in the main event. She's got a she's like, but Jordan and Bonesaw really feel like they fit this like pure rules atmosphere to a T, and both are definitely on the rise right now you know jordan just coming off a very long title reign in in paradigm pro um and bonesaw i feel like you know she's only recently come back to pro wrestling but she came back with a statement yeah and it's like one of these things where like i'm surprised this match hasn't happened like i'm surprised just Bonesaw versus Blade never happened. So, I mean, I guess cool for me, but (laughs) (laughs) very cool for you. (laughs) But on the same point, like, why not? Like, I feel like these are two people that I hear all the time, even before, like, I was the idea of Black Girl Magic came in my head of like, you know, I really want to see like Blade versus Bonesaw. And then, yeah, it just never, I guess it never happened. So I was just like, okay, I'll do it then. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and i feel like this one also has a little bit of added significance obviously jordan has like built up a profile and, and a pedigree for these styles of matches and much more like technically sound she's so good on the mat um but also has a lot of personality to her bone saw specifically though for this for this match for this event and the location of this event i feel like she has such a profile in in brooklyn in the New York area um, that, you know, whenever she took her hiatus from pro wrestling, it felt like there was a, a gap there. Um, and seeing her now come back over the last like year or so and really start feeling that appreciation again from the people who either like knew her previously and, and missed her while she was gone or people that are, just discovering her in this like just this stone-faced badass woman who will drop anyone on their head i there's just like something innate that just makes me like it makes me clench my fists it just makes me just i don't know like there's just a, a there's a pulse that runs through me that's a little bit different when when i see a bone saw match like what does it mean to you to have somebody who does have that kind of uh, profile in, in the area where you are bringing the show now uh, on it? Um, yeah, I feel like if, you know, when, when I found out like with this being in Brooklyn, um, yeah, like Bone Saul is just one of the people that 
is a staple because so many people in Brooklyn, yeah, they just love, they love her and she's great. Um, she's something once again, that not a lot of people in wrestling are. She's like a little, she's a suplex machine. Like she like knows so many suplexes, um, countless of them. And so, yeah, like it's one of these things where I thought it was like a really it's one of those matches where everyone wanted to say they wanted to see it. And at the same point, it's like, why, well, you know, it hasn't been done, but also it just kind of makes some matches just make sense. Like, yeah, those two should go to get, go against each other. And yeah, just blade and bone are just one of those people. It just makes sense to put yeah. them together. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's going to be a fun, a fun time whenever they mix it up. I, I am so eager to see that match. <laughs> <laughs> like it just ah it's so good um obviously there are more matches to come i won't i won't poke and prod you about that because i know that 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 is stuff that's going to be exciting whenever it comes out but um card is shaping up really really well i'm excited for the show i i just have one more question for you um about that about the show itself or about black girl magic as a whole really um yes. Now that you're back in the in the ring and training again and getting some some matches under your belt, will we see Spice oh Spiegel on a Black Girl Magic show? Um, this is a question that I get a lot. Uh, <laughs> um, so I always told myself um, with Black Girl Magic, um, I never wanted to put myself in a position where like I. I'm kind of like taking you away from it. Um, and I don't think like, I just think like it's best if I am behind the curtain um, with Black Girl Magic. I don't want to ever, you know, put myself on it. There, like, there are some shows where someone runs them and it just makes sense to put their face on it. Um, to me, I think this is more, I, I consider this more of a community thing and I don't want to put my face on it. On the like you know on the poster or anything like that i i want to like um just you know have have like a like a community type thing um and i don't think yeah i'm not the i don't want to wrestle on my own <laughs> <laughs> i mean i can imagine it would it would add a little bit more stress onto things too just on show day like having to handle mm -hmm. all of the different promoter duties that you have plus worry about a match that was something that i when I was talking to Billy Dixon ahead of Bright and Vibe, like he was very much like, you know, we have a, a live stream and I've got to handle all this other stuff. Plus I have the, <laughs> the main event. Like it just seems like it can be very overwhelming to wrestle on your own show. Yeah. Like um, you got all this stuff to do. And then on top of that, you have to get beat up. Like I, I'm going <laughs> to decide I'll get beat up any other time of the week, but uh, for black girl magic, I'll be behind the door well, the, the curtain um, not getting beat up and making sure that everyone is safe and having a good time. No. Well, in front, behind the curtain, regardless, whatever, Black Girl Magic is um, establishing itself as, as, a, as a yearly event that should be seen. I, I am excited for the show on August 19th. Um, I'll be excited whenever it hits IWTV because I'm bummed that I can't be there in person uh, because it, this just seems like it's going to be a, a solid fun night of, uh, of pro wrestling um 
Oh, yeah. Oh, what? Well, oh, yeah, go um, for it. This year, it unfortunately will not be on IWTV. Oh, okay. Good. It's going to be on a title match. Oh, so title match. Is. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So this year, it's, it's there, there, there are some many of changes. <laughs> no, that's, that's cool. I mean, honestly, title match is, is a great service as well. Like, I, I subscribe to title match. I watch a lot of stuff on title match. Obviously, Battle Club Pro puts their stuff out on title match so that that sort of makes sense now with the as well as with the with the transition who you've been working with so no that's awesome i feel like title match doesn't get doesn't get enough credit for the for the content that they have on their service no like i it's like one of those things where like i didn't hear about it until like recently and then i was like oh this is all on there and then yeah i was like wow these, these, this is great i don't know why it's not I love the the ladies' night out thing. I, I didn't know that that was on title match. It's yeah, it's like the ladies' night out, Mission Pro, Battle Club, No Pieces doing stuff over there now for the for all you know Ring Deathmatch fans. Like, I don't. It, it just seems like a, a it's a really cool platform that more people should be talking about. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's awesome though. So we'll be coming to title match. I will be tuning in the title match to watch it then, uh, whenever it does come out. And I don't know. I. I'm stoked. I'm, I'm excited for you as well, because I, I love that, um, that this journey still, like, it feels fruitful to still do these shows. Cause I, I've heard from some people that, that have jumped in, into promotion that are just like, yeah, that, that it was a cool experience to have never want to do that again. Um, but I've also talked to some people that it kind of puts a bug in you to, to want to keep doing it. And I'm glad that it's, had the the latter i guess more so for you well thank you i'm i'm a, I'm a hard-headed individual i <laughs> keep on going <laughs> no that's another another good trait uh to have <laughs> within within limitation obviously <laughs> <laughs> no well as we kind of wind down a bit here i you know, I do like to end stuff on a fun one, and I can't have you back on the show without asking you about this Dr. Pepper thing. Um, okay. I'm just curious because, like, I you, I've seen you like tweeting a lot about it. You want that sponsorship? You should have that sponsorship, Dr. Pepper. Where where does the, where did this come from? Um, my unique love, um, I guess, and differentiating love of Dr. Pepper. Uh, I fell in love with it when I was a child and my um, grandparents bought it because there wasn't Pepsi at the time. And I just think, you know, why not be sponsored by Dr. Pepper? I feel like they, uh, it's, it's, it's a good, there's 23 flavors. You can't ever tell what flavor, but there's 23, I guess. And <laughs> it just has a great taste. It's just a good drink. And they have so many interests. Did you like, did you know there was like a Dr. Pepper baked beans? what like, oh yeah yeah things. yeah like they do so weird things and i love that because i feel like i do the same thing i think we would be synonymous together and we should but they'll they'll, they'll recognize me um again they did like one of my tweets so there you it's go. coming it's in yeah. the universe you've got eyes on you yeah now for a second there like you said the dr pepper baked beans and my brain went to like wait they put baked beans in the soda no wait i'm from the south of course we've put baked beans with dr pepper like all the time I, duh, my brain just doesn't always connect the dots as quickly. <laughs> Me neither. Me neither. 
no well yes you like dr pepper sign sign spice beagle damn it yeah well and you know the funny thing is someone sent me something they are doing wrestling um commercials and i'm just like you know maybe maybe it was because um they see me tweet them all the time and they're like you know maybe we should get into the wrestling world but i think you know i should be the first wrestler ever to uh have a deal with dr pepper i agree with that the sphere <laughs> of influence of spice spiegel is growing yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no well spice this has been great it's been amazing i've loved having the chance to chat with you again um like I said before, it was great running into you at Pride and Vibe there. Uh, I am excited for the show on August 19th. Let, uh, let everybody know where they can find you online and where they can uh, get all they need to know about Black Girl Magic, too. So for Black Girl Magic, you can follow the socials, which is Instagram and Twitter, at Catch Magic, uh, Magic with a K, uh, at the end, M-A-G-I-K um and if you you know want to follow me and all my shenanigans um you can follow me at uh, spice at spice spiegel um spice not spike um i get that a lot i i also am really in love with um cowboy bebop so yeah (laughs) (laughs) i did like i did like the the nod there with the name also yeah, well, it's kind of like a come. It's just like a just to throw together my three favorite things. I guess you know you take a lot of inspiration when you're a kid, and I really loved the Spice Girls. Spice World was like one of the best movies ever, and um, the Powerpuff Girls. I love the Powerpuff Girls, um, and yeah, Cowboy Bebop. I loved Cowboy Bebop. I still love Cowboy Bebop, but yeah, that's a mixture of all. All of me, I guess. <laughs> no, it, it's a it's a great mixture, honestly. And Spice World, yes, unequivocally great movie. Always. I wish there were more movies like it. It's yes, my God. <laughs> Real quick, well, now that we kind of cracked that Cowboy Bebop still a little bit, what did you think of the live action series? Okay, so I actually just got that. I tried watching it when it first came out. And then I stopped and then I was like, you know, I'm going to give this another try. And so it's a good series if it wasn't Cowboy Bebop, but it was good. Like I, it was just kind of, I feel like to me, I really loved Faye and the anime. And I feel like they kind of took away a huge part of her, like, when they were complaining about like her wearing less clothing or whatever or stuff like that, well, there's a, there's a, there, I feel like with Cowboy Bebop, there's a reason why things are the way that they are, and they they thoroughly like you know kind of like explain those things. It's not just she's hot and therefore she must wear less clothing because she's hot. Um, you know, she uses her sex appeal to get what she wants, and I feel like this Faye wasn't like I don't know. This Faye was just kind of weird. Like it's just. Just kind of dirty mouth, I guess. <laughs> like, but always say like the weirdest things. <laughs> so like, if it wasn't Cowboy Bebop, I I liked it for like if I pretended like this is not Cowboy Bebop when I was watching it, I was like, this, this is cool. Um, I like the aesthetic of it more than anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
if I if I was like pretending it wasn't Cowboy Bebop, I like it. Uh, <laughs> but the guy who played Jet, that was a great casting choice. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, and you know the the corgi that played um, Ein was really good too because I oh. like corgi. So. I mean, you can never. It's hard to get a corgi wrong. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know what they were doing with Vicious. That was just uh, that was. <laughs> I was just like, I don't know about this one. Uh, that's kind of when they started introducing whatever the fuck was going on there. Like, yeah, that was just a, a little messy. But so, but if you pretended it wasn't Cowboy Bebop, I liked it. There you go. <laughs> you just had to create your own head cannon and just move forward, just barrel through it. <laughs> yeah, I feel like if this was like a fan fiction, this would be. It was a good. Yes. Yes. That is, you know what? That is the best frame you can hang on that thing. I still haven't finished it. <laughs> um, it gets, it's, it's kind of like at the beginning, like the first few episodes is cool. And then I'm kind of, yeah, you have to push, you have to truck through it. Yeah. It's like one of those things you have to truck through. I will, I will force myself at some point to just make, make that trip. <laughs> or just, you can just, you know, go and watch the actual anime. That's what I did. I actually, after I was finished, I just rewatched the anime again, reset it. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. I feel like I am due for a rewatch of that. It's been about a year. Yeah, that feels right. Oh, so you do like the yearly thing too, where you um, you do the um, where you watch. I watch Cowboy Bebop at least the whole series at least once a year. Mm. It's, it's nice to know that I'm not the only one. Oh yeah, no. By I a hundred percent, you're not the only one. <laughs> Everything is so good about it. I that's what I love, and that's what I hope to bring to wrestling. Is I love the creator of Cowboy Bebop because even like their other animes are great. I mean, they, I like how they just put two things together that don't make sense, and they make sense of it. I love when people do that. Yeah, it kind of opens up new things within these different genres that are just ripe for exploration because they haven't really been touched because of how they interact with one another yeah like whoever thought like i don't know where you would even get the idea to mix jazz and (laughs) uh western and space but it works (laughs) it works so well god it's so good (laughs) all right well spice thank you so much for for taking the time today Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on, the, on your show. My thanks once again to Spice for coming on the show and chatting all about Black Girl Magic 2. Of course, that's going to go down April, not April, August 19th. <laughs> August 19th in Brooklyn, New York. So if you want to be there live in person, tickets are available. Check out the, the Twitter handle at CatchMagic with a K um, to... Uh, Find the ticket link there and go see that show live. If not, if you're in my boat, title match is the way to go. That is going to be up on title match at some point in the future. Uh, That is going to be a a really dope show to check out. Uh, If you haven't checked out the first show, it's up on IWTV and well worth your time. Um, A lot of fun interactions and action and just an entire vibe to it. I've noticed in the last few years, I've really been getting into like shows that have a distinct and unique vibe to them, more so than what I may have been interested in like 
10, 15, 20 years ago um, more explicitly interested in. And honestly, I've, I love it. I love it so much. <laughs> but that is going to do it for us this week. Um, we will be back next week with another show, another fun guest, um, and another chance to talk about Cascadia. September 11th, Everett, Washington. I'm going to keep hitting it hard <laughs> because I am excited for the show. I want the Pacific Northwest to be able to come out and celebrate alongside us for, for that night. So brainbustertix.com slash Cascadia uh, for tickets to that show as well. Keep your eye out on all the socials for Without a Cause, Pride Style Pro, and LGBT in the Ring where we got announcements coming fast and furious. I don't know why. I, I feel bad that I defaulted to that, but it came out of my mouth, so that's just where we're going to land with that. Um, but uh, until we meet again, y'all stay messy, wash your hands, wear your mask, get vaccinated and boosted if at all possible, and a very happy birthday to the one highest priestess of the Church of Wrestling, Dark Sheet. Bye. Everybody's ready to die. They didn't see it coming from the top of the bridge. She made a deal with the